1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I'm taught the Word of God, my life has changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. Give three people a high five and then you may be seated. Praise the Lord. My message this morning is the incredible power of vows. We actually finished the series, The Truth About Money, on January 24th, but it was either the first or second day of my annual study retreat, the time I have set aside to prepare for the Holy Week revival and the week of increase, that the Lord spoke to me very clearly about vows. He told me very specifically that I had avoided this very powerful truth from the Word of God because of the extremism of some unscrupulous full gospel ministers. He told me that just because a truth was abused by some unscrupulous ministers does not make that truth not true. And he chastised me a little, just a little, because even though I haven't taught on vows, I have used vows to build my own personal net worth. So here we go. A belated finish to our series, The Truth About Money. And as I say that, I may come right back next Sunday and deal with something else. Let me tell you what, tell your neighbor, these are huge truths, are huge truths. from the Word of God. Word of God. And just because, just because somebody abuses a truth does not make that truth not true. You get it? And of course Satan's not going to come along and attack something that doesn't have much power. Satan's not going to come along and twist something and abuse something that doesn't have much power. He's going to come along and twist something that's got power. Amen. You know, like a male being a male female being a female. There's great power in this. Amen. Now, in that series, the truth about money, our two launching texts were Matthew 6.21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And verse 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and all these things shall be added unto you. The most famous vow in the word of God is the one we have spoken of in this series, and that was Jacob's vow in Genesis 28. Jacob vowed a vow to God to give God a tenth of everything that crossed his hands. He got that from his grandfather Abraham and no doubt from his father Isaac, Genesis 28, 20. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house and of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. So Jacob obeyed the tithing principle at least 270 years before the law was given to the people of Israel through the prophet Moses. People say, oh, that's under the law. Well, they're ignorant. Because Jacob vowed this vow at least 270 years before Moses was even born. Jacob vowed a vow. There was no preacher out there preaching to him. He got it from his grandfather Abraham, and he got it from his father Isaac. Jacob made a vow to tithe when he had nothing in his hand but a staff to lean on, a stick. I'm thinking about a title for next Sunday. I had nothing but a stick. Amen. I had nothing but a broke-down old six-cylinder 68 Firebird and $600 that Sue's grandpa gave us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This congregation has not yet discovered how far God will take you if you will go all in 100% with God. But as for me, I'm, I'm fixing to find out. Amen? I don't believe 89, 91, 95% of what I read, but you know, one of these car guys says he's going to come out with a flying car. Now, that sounds cool. So if they come out with a flying car, you know, I'll be, I'll be flying. It's one of the first things they've talked about that actually got my, my attention. Amen? Then I could, well, there'd be crazy people up there, wouldn't there? I was going to say I could avoid all the crazy drivers. They'd be on dope up there. Texting, texting. Amen. So Jacob made a vow to tithe when he had nothing in his hand but a staff to lean on, a stick, literally a stick. The most powerful vow you will ever make to God is when you have nothing. You don't have to have anything to start tithing. You don't even have to have a job to start tithing. In fact, the easiest time to start tithing is when you have little, because when you have little, you have a little tithe. You don't need any money to start tithing. All you need is a commitment. All you need is a desire to give, <coughs> a desire to give and to be a blessing to others. Actually, all it takes to start tithing is love, love for God's work, love for God's mission, love for God's house. Tithing has more to do with love than money. Say it out loud. Tithing has more to do with love than money. Now, you know, I have to, I have to spend, it takes two weeks to get ready for the Holy Week Revival. It takes two weeks to get ready for the week of increase. And I've been doing that the last few years. And uh, I was in it about seven, eight, nine days. And I texted Sue and Austin. I said, it's so obvious. 
that it is all totally 100% about the Bible. It is totally all 100% about the Bible. And when I was a young man, forget about preachers, God's people set themselves to study the Word of God. But now people get offended when the Word of God is brought up in churches. It just amazes me. Before the service, I showed somebody the most hilarious video that was out there this week. A guy in a jogging suit was standing in front of a building with a lint roller. And as people approached the building, he went like this. And one after the other, they submitted and stood there while he went over them with a lint roller. This is America in 2021. People will believe anything. You see what happens when you stop believing what God has said? People will believe anything. I mean, nobody said, hey, dude, you're in a jogging suit. Hey, dude, you're not a policeman. Hey, dude, that's a lint roller. They just all stood there and submitted. I have come down to this house to bring you the unchanging, immutable, ever-living word of the living God, and it is the only thing that will change your life. Not just the word of God sitting on the coffee table, but the word of God heard, the word of God confessed, the word of God believed, and the word of God taken action upon, that's what will change your life. And that is exactly why Satan has seen to it to get it out of the churches. And then we have Hannah's vow. We dealt with that on March 22 last year in a message we called Activating the Power of God. We taught on Hannah's vow. Hannah had been barren. But she made a vow to God to give God her firstborn child. And her firstborn turned out to be the great prophet Samuel. Then after Samuel, Hannah had three more sons and two daughters. The word vow is in the New International Version of the Bible 82 times. So somebody might be new to Faith Christian Center and say, oh my gosh, he's off on a tangent. He's talking about some obscure thing from the Word of God. No, it's in the Bible 82 times. The context of the word vow is typically not used as Jacob used it, that is, <coughs> regarding the tithe. Typically the word vow is used in the context of free will offerings giving above and beyond the tithe. Sometimes vows were made by a group. Numbers 21, verse 2, Then Israel made a vow to the Lord, If you will deliver these people into our hands, we will totally destroy their cities. But more often than not, in fact, almost on every other occasion, vows are made by individuals. Number one, vows, must, vows to God must be fulfilled. Number one, vows to God must be fulfilled. Now here at Faith Christian Center, you won't hear us use the word vow. And the reason is all the abuse the word has suffered from unscrupulous full gospel ministers. And here at Faith Christian Center, you won't hear us use the word pledge either. Even though the word pledge is in the Bible, somehow I've always perceived that to be a denominational word, and I've always disliked it. So here at Faith Christian Center, you will hear us use the word commitment. I like the word commitment. But whatever word you use, bows to God must be fulfilled. 
Numbers 30, verse 2, when a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to obligate himself by a pledge, he must not break his word, but must do everything he said. Now, you have to understand where I'm coming from. My generation would say things like, a man's word is his bond. Or a man's only as good as his word. There's a message in one of the cars, and uh, I just heard Kenneth Hagin say in the last day or two, if your word's no good, you're no good. And then he turned that on God and said, so if God's word's no good, God's no good. But see, all that's gone now. A man's word, a man's word is his bond. All that's gone now. I mean, if you have people that come to your house and do work and their word is their bond, you better treat them right and hang on to them because you won't be able to find another one to replace them. When you tell God you're going to do something, you better do it. God is not your Sunday school teacher. He's not your friend. He's not your guidance counselor. He is a great king, the almighty God, the master of the universe, and he is absolutely not to be trifled with. I can, steer, I can still hear M.D. Beale thunder Hebrews 10.13 from the pulpit at Bethesda Missionary Temple in Detroit, Michigan. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So whatever you do, don't play around with God. When a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to obligate himself by a pledge, he must not break his word, but must do everything he said. So Jacob fulfilled his vow to God, and Hannah fulfilled her vow to God. And get this, even Jesus mentioned <clears throat> fulfilling vows to God. Matthew 5:33. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. So vows to God must be fulfilled. Number two, <clears throat> you are not required to make a vow to God. It is your decision. But if you make a vow to God, you need to fulfill it. It's not required. In fact, I avoid telling God I'm going to do this or that because I know how serious it is. Deuteronomy 23, 21, if you make a vow to the Lord your God, do not be slow to pay it for the Lord your God will certainly demand it of you and you will be guilty of sin. But if you refrain from making a vow, you will not be guilty. Whatever your lips utter, you must be sure to do because you made your vow freely to the Lord your God with your own mouth. The power of this is unbelievable. You know, I've wondered about how we were able to pay off Faith Christian Center in 2020 in the year of the corona. And the Lord took me back to Easter of 2018 when uh, people came to the stage and committed this amount and that amount. But Sue and I committed to give a million dollars above and beyond the tithe and above and not just above and beyond the tithe, above and beyond our regular challenge offering giving into the challenge offering. This is, this is power. This is, and I learned from Fred Price many years ago, you know, uh, just be patient with me if I keep referring to my daddy. Uh, I learned from Fred Price many years ago that 
the reason it is so important for a man to make his word come to pass is because if, if I'm just a man and I make my word come to pass, it makes it easier for me to believe God that Almighty God can make his word come to pass. In fact, I don't pray this way much anymore, but sometimes I have been known to pray this way. Father God, I'm just a man. And I make my word come to pass. So I know because I have your word on this, I know this is coming to pass. Can you see that? And then Fred would turn that over, play the flip side of the record. The problem with a man when he doesn't make his word come to pass is every time he tries to make a faith confession, his heart condemns him. His heart, his mind, he's talking out of his mind and he's making a faith confession, but his heart condemns him and his heart's saying, you're lying, you know you're lying. Can you see that? Now I realize this is all old school, but how many of you understand there's no older school than the Almighty God? Amen. Amen. Father God's old school. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I think people are getting so modern, they, they can't relate to God anymore, and God can't relate to them. I mean, I'm telling you, every day now at Sam's or Walmart is like a scene out of Star Wars, the bar scene. And, and I can't relate. And I mean, look at me. And, and how does God feel? One morning I was walking up a hill. I've got a route picked out in San Francisco that's not that hilly. And I was out there praying, doing my route. And I mean, drug addicts laying by the, on, the, on the sidewalk, you know, from the night before. And, uh, you know, people coming home from their activities from the night before. I mean, it was just amazing. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, look what Satan has done to the sons of Adam. It's pitiful. Lives ruined left and right. You know, when Sue and I were in high school, the only two ways I knew of maybe you could get messed up was drugs or mar I mean, uh, alcohol or marijuana. But now there's a plethora of ways to get messed up. It's unbelievable. They're inventing new ways to get messed up. My heart breaks. For young people, tell your neighbor, you got to keep your hand on your children. It wasn't but two, no, two Novembers ago, back here, I believe it was two Novembers ago, a black lady came up to me, and I can't call her name. I mean, in my mind, I can't remember exactly. I can't identify in my mind who it was. I don't know if she was a core person or not, but she came up to me about two Novembers back, and she, she wept. And she said, Pastor Gene, she said, I sent my beautiful girl to college just back in August. She came home for Thanksgiving, and I don't even recognize her. I don't even know who she is. There's no point in raising one of these children 18 years and keeping your hand on them 18 years and sending them somewhere to get turned into a bisexual communist in, in 10 weeks. All right, I don't even know the terminology. Forgive me if I don't know the terminology. That didn't really apply to me. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's bi, a, non. I have no idea. I could care less. 
Amen? Because it doesn't apply to me. I'm a guy. And that right there is a problem for some folks. Amen? Tell your neighbor, pastor's not confused. So you're not required to make a vow to God. It is your decision. But if you make a vow to God, you need to fulfill it. Number three, don't make foolish or hasty vows to God. You might not mean it, but he will hold you to it. Do not make foolish or hasty vows to God. You might not mean it, but he will hold you to it. Proverbs 20, 25. Proverbs 20, 25. It is a trap for a man to dedicate something rashly and only later to consider his vows. Ecclesiastes 5.4, when you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It is better not to vow than to make a vow and not fulfill it. Do not let your mouth lead you into sin and do not protest to the temple messenger. My vow was a mistake. Why should God be angry at what you say and destroy the work of your hands? Oh my goodness. So if we tell God we're going to do something and we don't do it, he'll destroy the work of our hands. Why? Well, because how can he count on the next thing we tell him? So don't make foolish or hasty vows to God. You might not mean it, but he will hold you to it. Now, we're not going to go there, but in Judges chapter 11, you can read the story of the judge Jephthah and the incredible foolish vow he made to God. It's a sad tale of one of the greatest tragedies in all of the word of God. So don't make foolish vows to God. This is always on my mind because I saw the torment my mother go through when I was a boy because she had vowed to God she would quit smoking. And you understand some of these habits are not just emotionally based, they're physically based. Drugs, a drug habit is not just an emotional addiction, it's a physical addiction. Drugs, alcohol. And so there have been times in my life I've told the Lord, now I'm not, I'm not promising, but I'm working on this. Now somebody might say that's, that's kind of that's mousy, that's kind of soft. Well, I know who I'm talking to. It's just like with Pastor Sue, I might say to her, I'm going to work on replacing all these light bulbs, but I am not going to say, I give you my word. <laughs> that ain't happening. I tell her, I'll work on it. Amen. Amen. But then there are times, like on that million dollars, I tell God, I'm going to do something. That's it. My word is my bond. Think about it. Bud Sickler ordered the steel for the roof of that church in Mombasa before we gave him a nickel. Because he knew who he was dealing with. See, if a, if a man can't have that kind of confidence in you, well, how could God have that kind of confidence in you? So don't be telling people the check's in the mail when the check's not in the mail. Number four, don't make a vow to God and then later try to give him less than you vowed. Man, this is all over the Old Testament. They would bring God crippled goats, blind sheep. I mean, it was, it's all over the Old Testament. Don't 
make a vow to God and then later try to give him less than you vowed. Well, Father God, I really, I really was talking about, I wasn't talking about dollars, I was talking about pesos. <laughs> Malachi 1.14, Cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord, for I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. That's what... That's what the great tribulation is all about. They don't fear him. Look, they don't fear him in Washington. This law they passed this past week, they don't fear him. They don't fear him. They don't fear him. But he's going to give them a seven-year lesson on the fear of the Lord. Don't make a vow to God and then later try to give him less than what you said. What does God himself call such a person? Cursed and a cheat. Number five, King David had the most to say about vows in the Bible. Uh, we can't go through all of these, but an example is Psalm 50, verse 14. Sacrifice thank offerings to God, fulfill your vows to the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will honor me. So David says, fulfill your vows to the Most High God. And look, call on the Lord in the day of trouble, and he will deliver you. Psalm 76, 11, make vows to the Lord you are God and fulfill them. Let all the neighboring lands bring gifts to the one to be feared. Make vows to the Lord you are God and fulfill them. Or Psalm 116, verse 14, I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. And that's why Sue and I have done what we've done in making our challenge offering commitments public. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. When we come up to the offering time, how much we have given on that million-dollar commitment will be on the screen, whatever the number is. What are we doing? We're doing what David said. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. We're not afraid. We're not ashamed. Somebody might say, yeah, but, you know, somebody, could, somebody new could come in and not like it. Hey, look, I'm not responsible for what goats think. I, I learned from what Jesus coached Peter on that if I love the Lord, I will feed the sheep. Jesus did not say to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Then entertain the goats. He said, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. And look, I don't know if you figured it out, but you're going to have to have more money than ever. Because let me tell you what, you know, vacationing in Grand Prairie is not going to cut it. You're going to have, everybody's going to have to have money, apparently, to go to Florida. Or somewhere where they're free. I don't know about you, but I didn't live all these 65 years to be told what to do every minute of every day. And the only way you can escape all this micromanagement by nincompoops is to have some coin. Amen? Yeah, but pastor, what are you going to do if they, they, you have to have a, a, a vaccine passport to fly? That won't affect me. Worst case scenario, I drive. I could care less. Yeah, but they might do this. They might do that. Doesn't matter. Who cares? 
They don't even know whether they're boys or girls. I'm going to worry about what people who don't know whether they're boys or girls are about to do. Are you kidding me? I said, are you kidding me? Talk about confusion. You know, in my day, baby was born, doctor looked down and said, it's a boy. Or it's a girl. The doctor didn't say, uh, hey, baby, what are you? I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm the last sane man. But see, the more you build this right here into your spirit, man, and that's why they don't want, that's why they don't want this being preached. That's why, that's why every, the agenda is against the word of God. Amen. We are fulfilling our vows to the Lord in the presence of his people. You would do well to study every time David used the word vow or vows in the Psalms. Number six, vows can be made in times of trouble, but be careful to fulfill your vows to the Lord or times of trouble will never leave you. Number six, vows can be made in times of trouble, but be careful to fulfill your vows to the Lord or times of trouble will never leave you. Job 22, 27, you will pray to him and he will hear you and you will fulfill your vows. Yes, Job was in trouble, but Job ended up with twice what he started with. You know who else was in trouble in the word of God? Jonah, Jonah 2, 9, but I with a song of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. What I have vowed, I will make good. Jonah was in trouble, and Jonah made a vow, and Jonah said to the Lord, what I have vowed, I will make good. Vows can be made in times of trouble, but be careful to fulfill your vows to the Lord, or times of trouble will never leave you. And number seven, the apostle Paul and others made vows in the book of Acts. You see that in Acts 18, 18, and Acts 21, 23. Now, a watershed event in my own personal life was when I heard, Fred Price say that a man is no better than his word. And I learned from him also that a man is what he does. A man is no better than his word, and a man is what he does. I've taught this and taught this and taught this, and yet I've seen very little progress on this particular front in the lives of others. But the reality is once people understand the power of vows in the word of God, their lives change. It's, you know, it's what people in the South used to call walking in tall cotton. Or like my father used to say, you know, if you can't hunt with the big dogs, you better stay on the porch. A man is only as good as his word. And that's not just his word to God, that's, that's his word to man. There's unbelievably great power in making a vow to God and then fulfilling it, and there's unbelievably great power in a man making his word come to pass. Now, I know, I know, I know this is a, an, a, a, an area verboten. But maybe this is why it's not such a great idea to vote for politicians whose word has been no good. Now, if a woman leaves you, you know, I went to preach once for a guy in Atlanta, 
And he told a sad tale. He had been the pastor of the largest church in Indiana way back, and he was off doing missions work in Africa, and he came back home, and his wife had run off with some guy from Hollywood. He was going to make her a star. Of course, all she ever did was one or two soap commercials. That was it. And, and he felt so blue, he resigned his church, and he did secular work for 10, 20 years, and then he, he felt called of God. You know, the, the, call, the callings and gifts of God are without repentance, and so he pioneered a church in Atlanta, a little tiny deal. But I went, and I spoke for a more famous guy in the same trip. But uh, that Saturday, we sat there at lunch, and he told us the story, the sad tale, and we're driving back. Austin and I are driving back to the hotel, and Austin said, well, what would you do? How would you handle that? If mom left you, I said, I'd stand up the very next Sunday and I'd say, this is my Bible. Amen. If some woman's dumb enough to leave me, that's her problem. <laughs> and I got New Testament on this. If the unbeliever departs, let him depart. Amen. And anybody would leave me, it's got to be an unbeliever. I mean, how could you be that stupid? So I want there to be balance. You know, if somebody commits adultery, you're not bound. There are New Testament regulations on marriage. But if somebody didn't leave you and nobody's committed adultery, you need to make your word good, which means you all that are single, don't be marrying duds. Oh, if only I had known. Well, that's what dating is supposed to be about. You don't marry somebody to find out their character. If I could only get back the ones that I've lost because they married poorly. Amen. Well, wilt thou have this man? Wilt thou have this woman? Now, I know, I know I got a crowd here and our sins are under the blood of Jesus and we've been forgiven of our sins and, and I realize that, but wait a minute, wait a minute, stop. What about your children? Do you want your children to have to go through some of the stuff you went through? That's why you got to keep a hand on them. That's why you can't hand them over to these people to be instructed who don't know whether they're boys or girls. It's a big deal. Because you're giving your word. It's not to be taken lightly. It's not a test drive. You know, it's not like going to the dealership and looking for a demo. It's a big deal. And people miss unbelievable power on this right here their word did you give your word well then that's case closed Amen. so I can go to God and say now father I'm just a man and I make my word come to pass. So how much more, how much more, how much more do I have confidence, Father God, that you make your word come to pass? Do you see the power of it? 
Now again, I, I, I see some blue looks coming at me. Whatever sins you've committed, if you've confessed them and asked the Lord to forgive you, that's all under the blood of Jesus. God separates our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. He cast our sins in the depths of the sea never to be remembered again. All right. But now we're going to go do it again? Do you see what I'm do you see how I'm trying? I'm trying to go right down the middle of the road, not get in the ditch on one side, not get in the ditch on the other side, but the most important thing is what are we going to teach our children? I mean, the smart thing would be to be honest with the children and say, look, you know, we made some mistakes, but, you know, you're, you're smarter than us and, and you'll do better than us and, and you're wiser than us and you're going to make good decisions and you're going to make good choices and, and coach them. Life coach them. Amen. Amen. And it's more critical than ever because as far as I can tell, people, people are crazier than any time in my lifetime. I stood right out there two or three years back and I warned a young man. I said, you got you to be, be really careful. I said, because half the people out here are stark raving mad. And I said, I don't know what it is about hot looking chicks, but they're some of the craziest people you'll ever come across in your entire life. But he did good. He's got him a hot looking chick. They're engaged. Amen. Amen. But, and, and she's a believer. So you can find them. You just might have to look a little f further than Walmart or Sam's. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, if I, if I don't see them here on Sunday morning, <laughs> you know, pass. Amen. They need to be able to endure sound doctrine. How about this? They need to be able to sit through an offering without getting scabies. <laughs> There's unbelievably great power in making a vow to God and then fulfilling it. There's unbelievably great power in a man making his word come to pass. For a man who makes his word come to pass has a much easier time believing that God also makes his word come to pass. Now, God is so great, God can lift you up financially to where even after you tithe and even after you give God every financial gift you are led by the Lord to give, you can look back across the year and not even miss the money. When I got to work on Tuesday, January 5, the office gave me a number that blew my mind. I couldn't even believe the number. They told me how much soon I'd given to Faith Christian Center last year. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. That's why with Jacob, that's why the story of Jacob is on my mind. All I had was this stick. All we had was a paid off 68 V6. Get sexy firebird out of your mind. It wasn't that. It was an army green, it was an army green six cylinder with a gear shipped up on the steering column. It should never have been manufactured, but that's what my dad happened to have. It was $600. I could afford it. I bought it, had no debt on it. And then the $600 Sue's grandpa gave us, that's all we had. And then all these years later, to be able to do what we've been able to do is crazy. I said, it's crazy. And we didn't even miss the money. How is that even possible? 
Now, someone might say, Pastor, you just had a great year in investments, to which I would reply, 2020, the year of the corona, fear fest and panic porn was strewn with many, many opportunities to make wrong decisions and investments. But my great and gracious Heavenly Father gave me the promise of Joshua 1.8, the ability to deal wisely in the affairs of life. We're going to deal with that in the week of increase. 2020 was for me and for this church and for this congregation a year of miracles. What was for the world a year of curse was for us a year of miracles. Say it out loud. What was for the world a year of curse was for us a year of miracles. We paid everything off. Faith Christian Center doesn't know anybody anything except the debt of love. I think we have members who don't even realize the extent to which we here at Faith Christian Center walk in the supernatural power and the supernatural abundance of Almighty God. 2020 for the world was a year of curse, but for Faith Christian Center, 2020 was a year of supernatural blessing. 2020 was a Malachi 3.18 being manifested year in the last days before the coming of Christ. Malachi 3.18, and you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. There is not just a distinction between the righteous and the wicked. There is a distinction between those who serve God and those who do not. There is also a distinction between those who believe the word of God and those who do not. There is also a distinction between those who walk by faith and those who walk by sight. There's also a distinction between those who walk by faith and those who walk by fear. And there's also a distinction between those who obey God and those who do not obey God. And there is a distinction between those who are doers of the word and those who are not doers of the word. And there is a distinction between those who walk in financial covenant with God and those who do not walk in financial covenant with God. Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Moses said in Deuteronomy 28, 8, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, and in all that thou settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Shout it out loud five times. The Lord commands the blessing. I was so humbled. It doesn't make you proud. To be blessed by God doesn't make you proud. It humbles you. I was so humbled. We had Austin drive us over to our old seminary apartment at 4084 Merritt in Fort Worth, and Sue and I knelt down on the sidewalk, and we lifted up our hands, and we lifted up our voices, and we gave our Father God the credit and the glory and the honor for how far he had brought us since 1976. Like Jacob said, all I had was a stick. And look what God has done. I'm getting dressed this morning and I can remember, you know, my dad cut me off when I said I wasn't going back to Miami University. I was going to go to Central Bible School and I was going to preach the gospel. I answered the call and I was going to preach the gospel. And he cut me off. And I sold so. I sold cookware, but still, you know, I mean, I needed every nickel I could get my hands on. And he had a ritual every day, every time we were headed back to Central Bible College, he would take us to a certain restaurant and uh, 
you know, if I didn't order what he ordered, he'd glare at me. And if I didn't do what he did, you know, it was, it was just weird, man. And, and then we go out to the parking lot and he'd hand me a $50 bill. Now, he never handed me any money when I came. He only handed me money when I was leaving. And the Lord spoke to me while I was getting dressed, said, you came a long way. Because so far since 1976, we have given into the gospel. Sue and I have given into the gospel more money than he was worth when he died and Sue's dad was worth when he died. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I used to stand there waiting for my 50. All I had was a stick. I want you to see. I want you to lift up your eyes that he is the almighty God. He is high and lifted up. Hallelujah. You know, we had all this storm stuff. And Austin's a good steward over his property and he was anxious about something. I said, I said I'll, I'll, I'll cover it. And he looked at me and I said, I don't care what it costs. It's nothing to me. And I was walking back to the house and the Lord spoke to me. The Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, don't you see it? He said, don't you see it? He said, that's my attitude towards you and that's always been my attitude towards you. I'll cover it. It's nothing to me. See, we get all worried. This is what Matthew 6 is all about. We get all worried. How am I going to do this? How am I going to buy food? How am I going to pay for this? And, and the thought never occurs to us to go to our beautiful, our wonderful, our gracious, our glorious Heavenly Father and believe Him that He'll help us. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You want to pay your house off? God will help you. You want to build a business? God will help you. You want to get a better job? God will help you. You want to make more money in 2021 than you did in 2020? God will help you. God will help you. God will help you. That's my word today. God will help you. God will help you. God will help you. God will help you. God loves you. God's for you. You're his son. You're his... Yeah, but we had a heck of a year in 2020, Pastor. Donated income in this church was up 51%. How in the world, how in the, are you hearing me? In the year, see, now Satan will say, you can't do this, you can't do it. He lying, he lying, he lying. In the year of the corona, donated income at Faith Christian Center was up 51%. Well, Pastor, how are we going to top that? Well, how about 52%? How about 53%? How about 54%? How about 55%? How about a doubling? Hallelujah. Shout it out loud five times. I've only begun to prosper. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. 
I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.